Welcome back, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thank you so much for listening to our program here today. Uh, good program, good guests, and uh, we'll continue that trend here with our next guest. His name is Rabbi Shlomo Soroka. He is with Agudath Israel, and he is somebody we work closely with on, on quite frankly, a lot of issues. But uh, I guess the one that we're working on most closely, at least this year, uh, and maybe last year too, is the scholarship tax credit. Rabbi Shlomo, are you with us? I am, Bob. Thanks so much for thanks so much for uh, joining us here this morning in this uh, uh, Jewish Catholic uh, uh, coalition. I guess we have going on here. Um, So we want to talk a little bit about the uh, scholarship tax credit. Um, I think most of the listeners of this program know we talked about it before with Empower and with other groups, um, but we've never talked about it this with you. And and I think it's important that people understand that uh, this is just not, uh, unfortunately, it, it seems to um, sometimes get characterized as a program that helps Catholic schools, but that's not really true. Um, it is true it does help Catholic schools, but there's many others that benefit from this program, too. And the Jewish community, and specific uh, Agudath Israel, has been very involved with the scholarship tax credit. And why don't you just shed some light on some of the good it's done in your community and, and, and what's going on with, uh, with, with, with that? Well, there's no question that the program has been transformative for the community. Um, there are thousands and thousands of children in our community that um, have received scholarships, have been beneficiaries of, of the program. For many of them, uh, the impact for their families have, has been that it enables them to avoid going into deep debt or put food on the table. And for other families, um, they would not be in the environment right now in the educational, in the school that. Uh, that their parents felt was the best environment for them, if not for this program. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been transformative, no question. And that's great. And I know uh, off the top of your head, just curious, I, 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 there's a significant amount of children who have qualified uh, that um, in, in, in for, for your schools. I, I don't, do you have any idea the, the terms of the numbers or anything like that? We have, m- most of our, our children in our schools are eligible or wow. the, most of those that want to come to our schools are eligible. Um, so we have right now uh, approximately 5,000 students enrolled across our network of schools. Yeah, um, well, well more than 50% are eligible for the program. It's probably close to three quarters. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is, the, the demand still far outstrips the supply, um, but those that have been able to take advantage, it's been a game changer. Yeah, and I think that's an important point to underscore is sometimes people have misconceptions of this program, but as as Rabbi Soroka was just indicating that the the number of people that uh, are applying and and can't take advantage of the scholarship far exceeds the amount of of money that we're able to raise. So I think that the, the message is important in two levels. Number one, the program is clearly valued and people want it. And secondly, we need more donors to the program. So we encourage people always to donate more. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the governor and his actions and the budget and that kind of thing. And why don't you just, uh, so the the governor uh, made his announcement the other day uh, that he is, wants to reduce the uh, credit amount from the existing 75% for a donor down to 40%. And he made some other changes with allowing for a federal deduction. That's kind of in the weeds a little bit. But why don't you tell us um, a little bit about the potential impact if that recommendation holds could have on the program for not only you but for everybody? I think it would be devastating. Um, the, the math over there is a little fuzzy. I'm not sure who came up with those numbers. But 
reducing the credit to 40% and allowing for a federal deduction uh, would reduce um, the, the potential for donors to recoup anywhere near 75% to a much lower number, depending on what tax bracket they're in. Right. Uh, it, would, it would essentially kill the program. So it wouldn't just reduce it by, um, you know, like uh, a, a small number of, you know, a million or two million. We're talking about it would totally, you know, destroy the program and it would there are thousands of kids that would be impacted. Um, not only that, but it's important to realize that um, the fact that they would add in a federal deduction would only be significant for those that are in, a, in the highest tax bracket. And most of our donors, this may surprise you, but most of our donors are middle, are middle income and low income families. Right. Some of them are giving $100, some of them are giving $1,000. But if they, you know, they're not itemizing their, their, their contributions, their charitable contributions, because they take a standard deduction. Yep. Um, at, or if they are, it's not like 37%, we're talking about 12% or whatever it is. So really, this proposal is hurting not only the, the, the kids that want to go to school, but it's also hurting the low-income and middle-income people that want to be charitable. Yeah. I, I think you, you're hitting on something that needs that can't be uh, reiterated enough. It, it, people seem to think, and I understand why, when they hear these types of programs, a tax credit scholarship program, I, unfortunately, I think some people think, well, that's just for people who make a lot of money and can give a lot of money. This, that's not the case with this program, and, and I think we can't say it often enough. You, you can give, you know, it does. you don't have to give hundreds of thousands not everybody has that kind of money but you can give something and and i think the more people that give even like you said if it's a hundred dollars uh five hundred dollars whatever you can afford i think it shows number one the support of the program but also i think we want to talk about this a little bit is it, it shows that you're willing to put your money into a good cause and then i think i would i would assume that you might be able to advocate for the program as well for its continuation and its improvement because that's what we're looking at now uh we the, the program has some uh, political opponents that don't don't want to see it continue, and we need more people out there who can give smaller amounts and can get engaged in, in advocacy. Uh, the Jewish community, Agudath Israel, has done an excellent job of of uh, motivating and and providing uh, you know small uh, uh, a coalition of people to advocate for the program. I know you've talked about doing some Zoom calls with legislators. Tell us a little bit about kind of how you've been trying to get the attentions of law the attention of lawmakers to uh, support the program. Absolutely, Bob. But if I, I want to just add on to one thing that you said because it's so important to realize that people, uh, if they have a, if they think that it's you know, only wealthy people could, could donate or really make an impact. First of all, anyone who donates, even if it's a dollar, you're right, that the numbers of donors shows lawmakers that this is something that everyone supports. So it also helps for the ad advocacy. But I'll just tell you very quickly that I have a friend, and this is just anecdotal, but it shows what's going on across our community. He's, a, he's not a wealthy guy. He, can't, he barely makes ends meet, but he's been adjusting his withholdings every month and you know, sometimes, sometimes people don't have the cash. He was able to donate $2,000, which covered his entire tax liability for the wow. year, because every month he was adjusted. And it didn't, he didn't feel the pinch because his, his paycheck remained the same. Right. Just important to remember. Now, in terms of what we're doing with, with lawmakers, um, yes, we've, we, you know, we, we've been arranging, um, like you know, I, I know that they've done across the Catholic schools, um, action alerts and encouraging people to send letters. And we've had many, many letters um, and phone calls go to lawmakers' offices, and they know they, they feel it. They hear it. We've yep. also arranged for town halls, um, 
you know, with different, uh, different lawmakers in different districts. And every year we have a, a mission to Springfield, which this year we'll, we're planning, it to, planning to do that virtually. Um, but we want to use that forum to engage lawmakers again and, you know, really hammer home what's important. And I think this an, another point that sometimes may get overlooked is getting the, um, the community leadership involved, whether it's the school leaders or, um, or other lay leaders in the community that have high-level connections, for them to use, use those connections and use opportunities where they may come into contact with the governor or other people. I mean, just this weekend, I know that there was a, a conversation with someone very close to the governor trying to explain, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what this means for families. And it was, it was eye-opening, I think, for this, uh, f- for this person who will convey that to the governor. The more the governor hears this, and the more lawmakers hear, hear, the more lawmakers hear these things, the greater chance it will have an impact. And we have seen opponents of the program um, really adjust their, yep. their positions once they learn more about it. You have a very good story about that. I mean, some of the uh, lawmakers in, in the areas where there's a lot of uh, Jewish uh, households have been very engaged. And, and I, I think you've actually been able to move some people from, I would characterize it as fairly strongly opposed to now fairly strongly supportive. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. And I give them a lot of credit because these legislators, um, some of them even campaigned on platforms that they were going to join the governor in his efforts to phase out the program when that was the governor, when the governor made that call during his campaign. And now, you know, they have gone with an open mind to learn more about the community, more about the program and how it's impacted families. And, you know, I give them credit because they were willing to change their, you know, change their mind based on this new information and really trying to learn um, about the community and how the program uh, impacts these families. And it happened largely through grassroots and, and persistency. Oh, all through grassroots. And yep. Bob, lawmakers don't like us. We're, we're like the, we're the paid <laughs> professionals. They want to hear from real people. Right. <laughs> Especially me. <laughs> you're nicer than me. Um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, and, and I, we can't, we can't say that enough and stronger that people think that, uh, oh, I don't know, or I'm uncomfortable, or what, what, whatever. But it's really, look, they're people just like you and I. You know, what is that old saying? They put on their socks one, one foot at a time or something like that. And, and it's true. I mean, they'll listen to you. It may not be successful the first time, but if enough people do it, they will listen to you. Nothing makes an impact like a person saying, this program has exactly. given me an opportunity that I otherwise would not have had for my child. Right. So here we are on March, whatever it is, uh, this program will air on Monday the 15th, uh, w- w- the eyes of March. Um, so we have uh, about, you know, the way the legislative calendar is playing out, we'll have about two or three more weeks of, of intense kind of committee hearings. Uh, we'll take an, uh, what they call an Easter break uh, for two weeks. And boy, we call it a, pa- a Passover break. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I said they. I didn't say who. Good, 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 good correction. Um, <laughs> this is what I have to deal with. Um, this is so then from there, they uh, will come back. Uh, and boy, I think once comes April uh, 12th from May 31st. That's the time where we really need a lot of people advocating, a lot of people pitching our, our uh, the support of the program. Um, you'll be there. We'll be there. We'll have our, our, our colleagues at Empower and Big Shoulders and, and the non-public school folks. So uh, I think for everybody listening to the program, this is, this is the warm-up, uh, but please be ready to get engaged in advocacy. And I think uh, what a good Israel is a good model for that. 
Rabbi Shlomo, thanks for taking some time this morning. Uh, we really appreciate your work, and it's great to work with you guys. And uh, we'll be talking about this more, I'm sure, in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It really was a pleasure. Great. Thank you. It was a pleasure for us. Don't go away, everybody. We're going to take a quick pivot to some federal issues. We're going to talk to Tony, Tony Cube of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. When we come back, he's going to talk a little bit about the president's actions on immigration reform. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference. We'll be right back.